Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we come to the seventh of the Beatitudes that Jesus preached in His Sermon on the Mount, and we find that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. As Christians, we all want to be called sons of God, and so we are known. So how are you doing at being a peacemaker? What does that mean, and how can we apply it? I know one of the first things that comes to my mind is what Solomon wrote. There is a time for war and a time for peace. I would think it's pretty critical to discern which time is which, or we can really make a mess of things. So... Do we know when the time is appropriate to be a peacemaker and when it's time to make a stand? In what contexts should each apply? Well, hopefully this week, as we focus on what it means to be a peacemaker, the answers to questions like these will solidify in our minds so that we can honor God in all that we do in our daily lives. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Purveyors of Peace. The scribes and the Pharisees were proud of their spiritual accomplishments. They loved to be addressed the right way, and and they loved to say their prayers on the street corners and make a big deal about their offerings. And Jesus says, well, true believers acknowledge their spiritual bankruptcy. They said they believe they are righteous. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Jesus says true believers mourn over their sin. Pharisees were dominant and judgmental. Jesus says, my people are meek and gentle. They said that they were confident of their own accomplishments, and Jesus says, no, the ones that follow me are constantly hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They were merciless in how they treated people. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they receive mercy. They did all of this to cover up their impure hearts. And Jesus says, my people are made pure in heart. And what the Pharisees did, well, the word, the very word Pharisee comes from a word that has to do with uh, the horizon marking off one line from another. They drew lines. They drew distinctions. They said who was in. They said who was out. It's our way or the highway. And they were divisive and cruel. And Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, we're going to follow the same pattern. We have this um, uh, beatitude and then one more, the longest one. Might even take us two sessions. I'm not sure. We'll follow the same outline. Who is blessed and what does the blessing include? Well, very simple, just four words. Who is blessed? Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Now, peacemakers has a specific meaning. We're not talking about a political process or a political assembly of some kind that creates a system of peace. We're not talking about a military alliance. We're not talking about anything like what the United Nations might do. This describes people who have peace with God. 
And therefore, they live in peace with one another and with all men, if at all possible, and they become the kind of people who help others to make peace wherever they go. Now, as with every other beatitude, this character of being a peacemaker is rooted first and foremost in what we have in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Let me point you to what is, uh, what we have said, the, the theme passage for Heritage Bible Church, and we started our pulpit ministry right here in Matthew chapter 5, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Look carefully at this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. That is worded very precisely. And you should make sure and understand that it is worded in such a way to be crystal clear, and the Greek could not be more clear than this, justified by faith comes before we have peace with God. The only way to have peace with God is to be justified. What does that mean? Declared righteous. To have the righteousness that you are incapable of generating on your own. The perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ credited to your account so that God looks at you instead of seeing you in your sin. He sees you wrapped in the righteousness of Christ. Now with this beatitude, as I've said with all of them, it describes not only the character of a disciple, it describes uh, uh, the goal of discipleship and the nature of practicing walking with Christ. And I want to move to the, to the goal part of this. I want you to see something very important and often misunderstand, misunderstood about what it means to be a peacemaker and about peace between people. You're probably quite familiar with Romans 12. Verses 17 and 18, it's in a a strongly practical exhortation section of Romans. Romans 12, 17 and 18 says this, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. That's pretty direct. Be at peace with all men. Now, there's also an understanding of uh, fallen humanity there. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. You might say, God wants you to be a peacemaker. Or skip ahead two chapters in Romans to chapter 14, verses 17 through 19. And here we're talking about a context of uh, things that people may differ upon, the so-called adiaphora or the gray areas and how we treat each other when we have different convictions about things. And Paul writes this, Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, eating meat sacrificed to idols or all those things, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up 
of one another. So blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, and by the way, we are ordered to be peacemakers because now we understand what it means to be at peace because we have, because we have peace with God because we've been justified by faith. It's not difficult to understand the instruction. We are to be peacemakers. But the question that we need to answer is, what are the things which make for peace? What kinds of things must I do in order to be known as a peacemaker? Well, one of the most vivid descriptions of your salvation is that statement in Romans 5, uh, 1 and 2, that you now have peace with God. So, How you came to have peace with God is the pattern that God has established, the pattern from which we should learn how to make peace. What did God do in order to make peace with you? Well, He sent His Son to die for your sins. He addressed the issues of righteousness and truth. He initiated the process, we're told in Romans 5. He did all this while we were His enemies. It's a very one-sided thing. You might say, if possible, so far as it depends upon you. It's a hundred percent your responsibility to be trying to make peace. Now, will it always happen? Not in this world, but He initiated the process. Now, this peace that we're talking about is not merely the absence of hostility. God did not make peace with you by saying, you know, I, I'm just going to tone down that wrath thing. You know, I, you know judgment, oh, that sounds pretty harsh. Lake of fire, uh, I think I'll make it, you know, local hot tub instead. He didn't do anything like that. God's peace is not the absence of something. It is the presence of righteousness and truth. If you want to be a peacemaker, you must go about it by doing what God did to make peace with you. Now, that does not mean get yourself over to Jerusalem and try to find somebody to crucify you. But in principle, you, do, you address the issue of sin You pursue righteousness and forgiveness. You address the issues of lies, and you pursue the truth. Peace is more than stopping war. Peace is creating righteousness that brings enemies, former enemies, together in love. This peace does not evade issues. It's not what people say is... Peace at all costs or peace at any price. It is peace that conquers problems and actually builds relationships that become bridges through which people can come together. This peace is not just cooling down from anger. Boy, do we have enough anger going on in our world these days? Just this, this current crisis about so-called social justice and so-called racial um, reconciliation. There's a lot of pent-up anger in there. And we have the answer. We have the only answer. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.